Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Diane and Langdon. I am Diane. I am an archaeologist in D.C. And I'm Langdon. I'm a comedian in D.C. Speaking of D.C., we're okay. Yes. And if you're in D.C., please stay safe uh, through the inauguration. Speaking of fascist governments, uh, we're continuing to talk about Full Metal Alchemist, the 2003 anime adaptation. Yes. Uh, so, so far, uh, the kind of basic premise of it is that Edward and Alphonse Elric are two brothers. They're alchemists, and they lost their original bodies attempting a human transmutation to bring their mother back to life, mm-hmm. and they're on a quest to get those bodies back. Yes, they are. And... Right we're... now, yeah. Right now, we're in a flashback. Uh, we've been in a flashback. This is the fourth episode of the flashback. Which makes um, this... Marks this says as... We have now been in a flashback for longer than we have been with the boys in the present. Uh, we started the flashback only two episodes in, and it is episode six now. Yeah. In the present, we know that the boys are looking for something called the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, but in the flashback, where we are currently, they just arrived at Central, uh, which is kind of the capital of the country they live in, Amestris. And they are going to take the state alchemist exam to become state alchemists, which will give them access to money and resources that can help them on their mission to get their bodies back. Um, yes. And they were recommend. They're a little young. They're twelve and eleven now, so mm-hmm. they're a little young to take the test. But Roy Mustang is a lieutenant colonel in the Amestrian army, and he's recommended them for the test because mm-hmm. last episode, uh, I'm not sure what happened, but I guess they stopped a hijacking. Yes, and Roy Mustang, Colonel or Lieutenant Colonel Roy Mustang, has sort of recommended them for the state alchemist exam, and yeah. they have recently been allowed in. Uh, despite their young age. If this you remember episode, Roy Mustang from last episode, he is the one who coordinated a hijacking of a train and then a rescue all involving hearsay. the boys. There's no evidence of any of that. Uh, but last episode was especially convoluted, and that was the most logical conclusion we came to. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily make it the right one. Yes. Um, this episode begins in Central uh, with Roy asking Edward if he's ready to take the exam. And Edward says he'll even wag his tail. Yes, sort of implying dog of the military yeah, stereotype yeah. that follows state alchemists around. And while they prepare, Roy Mustang tells them that they're going to stay with a man named Cho Tucker, who is called the Sewing Life Alchemist. In some yes. translation, this is also the Life Binding Alchemist. Yes. Um... He is the foremost authority on transmuting living bodies. Um, so specifically chimeras, uh, putting more than putting creatures of different species together. Um, yes. And guys, before we keep going, though, we are going to very quickly apologize. Um, we live on a relatively busy street, and all throughout the and, and it is it is a weekday weekend when we're recording this, and there are a lot of cars going crazy it's a very straight street and people like to rev their engines to show how big their dicks are so you may hear some of that in this episode we're going to do our best to just kind of keep going and only cut it when it is absolutely obnoxious yeah but if you do hear something in the background we preemptively apologize for that um we obviously cannot stop for every car or else we would be sitting here for five hours some of you may already know the name show tucker uh, because he is a very infamous Full Metal Alchemist character. I think for some people, uh, he, he's a very central part of their understanding of Full Metal Alchemist. Yes. Um, and, it, and, it's, and it's not hard to tell why, because this chapter in the manga is... Uh, it's the very last of the done-in-one chapters that we keep talking about. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the final piece of what will be the tone and the expectation that you can have for this uh, manga. Absolutely. It is a very, very dark brutal chapter yes it's tragic disturbing it's... and in people within the anime community even if they don't know full metal alchemist they know this character this in this, this arc this arc is basically mimetic in how pervasive it is in just anime culture yeah uh and it's a it's a huge huge tonal shift too because every yes. every other thing that you've seen so far. Oh has yeah, been it's been one and done's. Edward and Alphonse are coming in. They're yeah. beating up the bad guys. They're having fun. They're outclassing everybody they encounter. And then this is just a complete departure from that. When the ma- yeah. mangaka basically sits you down and goes, "We're done with fun and games. The story's starting now." Yeah, and then every chapter after this one is heavily plot driven as far as the the mana arc of the yeah, if we want to call it that. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, so 
From there, we get our intro, which, again, before the theme song, they have Alphonse narrate, and he says that equivalent exchange is the way that they thought the world was. Mm-hmm. So they must now think it's something different. We don't know yeah. what yet. Yep. And I, we'll see if we even find out. Um, <laughs> Roy Mustang drives the Elrics to Show Tucker's mansion. Well, somebody drives them to Show Tucker's mansion. We don't right. see who it is. Roy Mustang's in the back uh, of this car with them. And he's given them a little more intel on who Tucker is. Uh, mm-hmm. And he mentions that two years ago, when he took his, uh, when he became a state alchemist, Show Tucker made a chimera that could understand human speech. Yes. Um, uh, which is really cool. The boys think that's, that's really huge. neat. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's just scientifically massive for this universe. Yeah. Um, Show Tucker lives with his daughter, who is about to turn four. Mm-hmm. And when Alphonse asks if there's a Mrs. Tucker in the picture... And Roy Mustang gives them this expression, and it's it's not really an expression because they don't give Roy Mustang expressions, but he gives them a look for a long moment, and then he just turns and is like, all right, here we are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they set, they set up a little mystery about what happened to Mrs. Tucker. Um, yes. In a very peculiar way, I think. I, yes. Um, Tucker's mansion is very, very large. Yeah. That's the first impression that the boys have when they see it. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't have much time for impressions because Edward is immediately tackled... By a huge dog. Yes, a big white dog named Alexander. Yeah. Uh, I looked it up and he's a great Pyrenees, if anyone was curious. Show Tucker and his daughter Nina emerge from the doorway, uh, and that's how we're kind of introduced to them, and they start giving the boys the tour of the house, uh, which it's very large, but it's very, it's a little dirty. It's not well taken care of. No. Um, And it lacks a woman's touch. Show Tucker says. Yeah. Nina kind of immediately takes to the boys, especially Alphonse, uh, mm-hmm. who she calls Big Big Brother. Yes, yes, it's which very is delightful. cute. And, and they they have very very good rapport. Alphonse is good with kids. Yeah. Like, um, Show Tucker's kind of immediately suspicious of the boys because Alphonse looks very out of place, and Roy Mustang just kind of brushes it off, and he's like, "Yeah, Yo, you'll 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 have talk. plenty of time to talk about this. For now, just go along with it." Yeah. Show Tucker tells Nina to go play with Alexander, and he looks after her, and he gives her the... Vi- this very yeah. paternal smile. I, I feel like every once in a while they hit some emotional beats really well, and this does a really, really good job. Yeah. Because he obviously cares for his daughter very deeply, which is great. Yes. Every um, now and then they do an expression on a person, and it works. Yeah. Uh, he the, should do that more. The Elrics ask if they can see the Chimera, mm-hmm. and there's a big suspense pause, and Tucker's kind of like, oh... It, it died, actually, not long before, not long after yeah. I made it. Um, we see, like, a half second of Mustang. This is a weird Yes, edit. so they've, um, they've definitely gone ahead and set up this mystery around this chimera. Mm-hmm. And also, because we've kind of had the exact same cut to Mustang when they asked him about the mom... Yeah. There's they they've kind of conflated these two and been like, there's a mystery about the mom. Oh, there's yeah. also a mystery about the chimera. Are they intertwined? Uh, well, we'll find out an hour from now. Yeah. Um, he takes them to the materials room, which is kind of his research library mm-hmm. where he has all of the, his writings and his studies and his notes on alchemy and also everything that he reads for it. Um, Edward dives right in because he loves reading and he is voracious yes. for new knowledge. Um, yes. It's lovely, actually. Yes, it, it's very nice. And, like, they try to talk to him, and he's he's gone. He's on another planet. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and they reveal through dialogue that, like, yes, there's a lot of cool stuff here, but there's a lot more rarer, uh, better research at Central's Library for State Alchemists. Yes. And, obviously, they'll have access to that if they pass the exam. Yes. And then we get to our dinner scene. They, they're having mm. dinner with Show Tucker and Nina, so... Um, ostensibly Roy Mustang has left and he is no longer with us for dinner. Um, but we have this, this exchange in which Show Tucker's kind of talking to the boys and he explains to them that this state alchemist exam is really hard and they don't have to take it this year. A lot of people train for a really long time just for this exam and they're welcome to stay with him and train for a long time to, to prepare for this exam. And Edward's like, no. And he expresses how driven he is to take it and how driven he is to get Alphonse's body back. And then there's a moment that you really like. I I think it's another one of the most, I think it's probably the best thing I've seen from the show so far in terms Mm -hmm. of original content. Um, Nina notices that Alphonse is not eating and she passes him. uh, It looked to to me like a roll. You said it looks like a cracker or a cookie, Uh, but she's like, you have to eat. You have to like, you have to eat. Yeah. Um, so he kind of plays along and he like laughs and he lifts up his helmet and he kind of throws it into his empty hollow body. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really like, 
it's, it's kind of awkward. awkward beat. Um, and it, it's a really, really nice awkward beat, especially positioned against Edward saying how badly he wants to get their bodies mm-hmm. back. Because Alphonse can't eat. Right. And that sucks. And I imagine every time something like this happens, it's just kind of a stab in the gut for Edward. Yeah. It certainly feels like that it, as an it, audience And member. he does look really upset yeah. at this happening. He's he's not casual about it. He's he's is visibly distressed by this. Yeah. So nice job on that. Uh, that's the mm-hmm. one compliment I'll give Full Metal Alchemist 03. <laughs> um, in their bedroom. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and just like that, it's gone. Uh, <laughs> in their bedroom... Edward is in bed under a blanket like a normal boy. And so is Alphonse, also under a blanket like a normal boy. Which, he isn't a normal boy. He's a suit of armor. Yep. Under a blanket (laughs) on a bed. Yeah, so I don't know what they're going for here. Are they trying to be, like, cute and funny? Like, oh, look, he's a big suit of armor under a blanket. Or is, like, Alphonse, like... We, what we want to know is, can Alphonse sleep? Yeah. And, like, if yeah. he can't sleep, does that mean that he gets under the covers and tucks himself in like he used to when he right. was a real boy? And pretends, and to, pretends like... to sleep because he wants to feel like a real boy, which is super fucked. But I want them to yeah. answer that. Yeah. But I want like, it. Or does he just straight up sleep under a blanket like a regular <laughs> boy? Um, I also wonder if they're going to try to, like, play it as a whole arc for him. Where he's like, I pretend to be asleep every night. <laughs> uh, I think that'd be. I think that'd, that'd be, be very fun. fun. Um, so, so this kind of establishes their life at Show Tucker's house, um, yeah. which lets us go neatly into a montage of them studying, getting ready for the exam. Uh, Alphonse narrates, but it's just kind of flowery language about them getting ready. They take a quick pit stop to show Edward one day studying. It's gotten late, and he hasn't really realized it. It's probably uh, past lunchtime. Yeah. And he gets up to look for Alphonse, who is left to the materials room. And he finds him playing in the snow with Nina Tucker uh, and the dog Alexander. And then we have a playing in the snow montage. Yeah. Which is really odd and like really trippy. Yeah. It's very fast. It's not very long, but it's It's... unclear how long we're here. Um, we, We think it's somewhere between like four to eight weeks yes considering the fact that we know that edward and alphonse burned their house down in, in in very early october on october 3rd and we're here and it's snowing so it's either yeah. extremely late october or anywhere through like mid-february through mid-february yeah, yeah. so it's been a while yeah but they've definitely been here for at least a couple weeks mm-hmm. um and, and and i think quite a bit longer actually mm-hmm. uh, but, it, but it's impossible to tell. And a lot of people believe that Edward's birthday is in February, which yeah. is why we <laughs> say February. And that's actually important coming up because... Yes. Um, we do play a, an actual full scene in the snow where Edward draws a transmutation circle and makes some flowers and kind of gives them to uh, Nina as a crown. But it is interrupted by Major Maze Hughes, who we met last episode. And he's there to pick the boys up because it is Ed's birthday. How does he know? He's an intelligence. So he invites the boys and Nina Tucker to his house for dinner. But Um, not Alexander and not show. Yeah, I was about to say, or the man who owns the house. Yeah. Like, um, no grown-ups. He just takes a bunch of children to his home. Although if he did invite show Tucker, show Tucker probably wouldn't go. Yeah, probably not. Um, bit of a recluse, that one. Yeah. Uh, so at, at Major Hughes's house, uh, we meet Mrs. Hughes, Gracia Hughes, who is extremely pregnant. The boys comment on it, and you said, but they, they, they immediately <laughs> they just, comment yeah. and they're like, "Oh my god, you're huge! Is there a baby in there? Like, there's the possibility that she's not pregnant and yeah. she's just got a huge belly, and they're just calling it out." Because that's a normal thing to else. do. Or she's pregnant with a lizard. Like, <laughs> who knows? Uh, they're also kind of scared of her being pregnant because she asks if they want to like feel her belly and they're both like, Ew! Ew, no! So, I don't know who this is for. Yeah, it's real um, weird. We have our third montage. Of third montage this episode. With, so we're just trying to explain what happens this episode and we can't get through it. Uh, uh, it's the third montage of the episode. It's Edward's dinner montage. It's really, really lazy to do it this way. because it really Because is. they show a bunch of stills and one or two of those could have been expanded into like, a short scene. That would have let us play a character beat. They or, or do more do something interesting or, something. or like write an episode. No. Okay, let's not get crazy. Um, 
Um, but the the montage wraps up, and uh, Gracia's playing the the great hostess, mm-hmm. and she kind of gets stricken with a her water breaks. I guess. I guess her, her water break. Her water must break or because her water other, broke a few hours ago. Right, and it's, they just haven't been like, oh, let's get the doctor, which is. <laughs> but like, either her water just breaks, and she starts cramping at the same time. But, like, her water must break because otherwise she has no reason to believe she's actually in labor. She yeah. would just be experiencing those pre, like, labor contractions, those Braxton Hicks contractions. But she says the baby is coming, which means yep. water breaks. Let's go. Yeah. But there's a blizzard. Yes. Now, suddenly, there's oh, yeah. a blizzard. Um, Hughes immediately leaves. Yeah, he's uh, just like, go I gotta go to the doctor! And he's yeah, out yeah, the door. Yeah. yeah, so he's gonna go, he's gonna go get a doctor. Yeah. Um, and... We're now left with Gracia and the kids to uh-huh. deliver this baby. Yes. So we don't know what's going on in this next scene. If Gracia is trying to walk these children through how to help her deliver a child, or if Edward has this idea that like, he's pretty sure that there's hot water involved yeah. in delivering a baby. So he goes to get hot water and brings it back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, which is actually our first guess. I, I mean, I think that makes sense. Like, <laughs> It does. It makes sense. It's very silly. That they don't want to be part of the birth process. Yeah. Which, which, why would you? You're eleven and twelve. Yeah. uh, They have gotten Gracia onto the couch now, so she's so she's she's remarkably calm about the whole thing up until the point where she loses consciousness. Yeah. So she passes out. Um. And um. Langdon, you didn't think anything of this, but I was immediately like, No, I. What? I've just never heard of it. Because. I, I, women, if a woman passes out during labor, that's extremely unusual. It's actually more common for the father to pass out right. during labor. Um, because if a woman passes out, that is actually considered an extremely severe complication. Like if I were to pass out during labor, doctors and nurses would be like, we got to get her back and would be rushing to get me awake to deliver this baby. Like being unconscious during delivery not a good thing. And so, but here it is played up. It's played for laughs. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this is bad. Well, this on, is they like, say they think she died. You think that's but, played for laughs? It absolutely <laughs> is. It's absolutely played for laughs. Yes. And, and it's a very goofy moment. And I'm like, but the thing is passing out could mean that she is about to die delivering this baby (laughs) we shouldn't be laughing about this the the stakes on this delivery are very low yeah i don't feel any danger no in the midst of this panic edward kind of like claps his hands together like oh god please let this be okay like like in the same way someone might like grab this like the tufts of their hair yeah but that's just his stress reaction i guess i suppose and he accidentally performs alchemy without a transmutation circle he grabs the bucket of hot water again and uh-huh. we see the alchemy sparks and the water uh-huh. is hot again and yeah. Alphonse says how, how did, did the you water do that? get hot so he so he did alchemy without a transmutation circle which is a big deal but also there's a baby yeah um, and um, Gracia starts pushing in earnest and we hit our commercial break yes and then when we come back for a commercial break, we're still in the Hughes' house and the, the baby's just born. It's just there. Yeah, the most the, the most crucial parts of the birth are omitted. This is so typical for them though, because yeah. every time there is an action sequence with something interesting happening, the moment that things actually get interesting and there is contact, they just glaze, they just completely skip that. They completely skip those oh, frames. Like- so this idea of like the climax of what we're building toward is just cut. This is so typical for for Full Metal Alchemist 2003. Yeah, I like to think that there's just one guy. Like, all the scenes are getting written and getting animated, and he's just like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> we kind of pan around the room, and we see everybody's reactions to the child who's born, including Hughes, who is back. And also the doctor. An unnamed stranger. <laughs> who's just wiping his hands, never says a word. He's just suddenly there. Yeah. Uh, but again... All the action parts of this are skipped. Um, Gracia thanks the kids for staying by them. Uh, Edward is just just dumbfounded by the transpiry of today. Yes. Um, and that evening in their bedroom, uh, Edward kind of has some some musings about mothers being better than alchemists because they can do something an alchemist cannot do, which is create a new life. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of a 
kind of a deep philosophical moment for him, I think. Like Right. And this is this is something that is explored continually um throughout full metal alchemist is this idea of creating life and also mm-hmm. motherhood is was very important to arakawa i believe and yeah. she actually wrote the uh, there is a delivery chapter in the manga and when she was writing it i believe she had just delivered her third child or she had just become pregnant with her third child she never gets cringe, she's had a though. lot of children none, none of her stuff is cringy to read no no um, even it's, through translation which is kind of amazing. it's it's beautiful to read always um, she's marvelous but this show is somewhat less beautiful which is emphasized in this scene when (laughs) alphonse ruins the feeling by asking edward if he too was soft and warm when he was born (laughs) edward says of course you were because of course he was and then al like rolls over in bed and starts shaking a little bit or shivering, he's, or he's shivering, giggling. Laughing, Who or knows? Crying. We don't know what he's doing, but he's shaking, which is super funny because he doesn't have nerve endings or muscles to shake or like lungs to quiver. He, he's under a blanket, Diane. We're way past muscles and tissues and nerve endings. <laughs> um, That's true. Um, we get our fourth montage after this, uh, which is a combination of study and play that Alphonse also narrates. Um, and kind of to to button this and say that we're done with montages, maybe, they do a brief scene of the boys studying together mm-hmm. where they bring up again that uh, Edward was able to do alchemy without using a transmutation circle. Yes. But they brush it off again. They don't really... They, they don't spend any time talking about it they other than like, hey, remember when that happened? And they're like, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, and then they move on. Yep. <laughs> Uh, some some night after dinner uh, at Show Tucker's house, Nina Tucker and Alexander are asleep by the fireplace, and the boys are talking to Show Tucker, who's kind of going through with them what to expect mm-hmm. when they take the alchemy exam, the state alchemy exam. Yeah, it is three parts. It is a written, yep, uh, which is like a standardized test, an interview, mm-hmm. and a practical portion where you can either present research or you can do a demonstration of what you can do with alchemy. Strangely, Show Tucker tells us that sometimes. They do a physical. S- only for sometimes. Yeah. Oh my god! I fucking hope they do a physical exam. These people uh, are trying to get into the military, yeah. which means and and Pinnacle has been very clear in previous episodes that if Edward becomes a state alchemist, they're going to send him to battle occasionally. Yeah. If you're sending your state they alchemist in the battle, then like you. You, you want to do a physical on them. You yeah. want to make sure that they are able to, like, function in battle. But also, you want to know what they look like all over their bodies yeah. so that if their faces get burned off, you can identify them. It's, 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 it's I Alphonse hope they do a physical on everyone. Alphonse <laughs> 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 doesn't have anything. Uh, but may- they glaze over this. They forget this immediately. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, in the bedroom, they start to kind of freak out about the practical. Yeah. Apparently, they, apparently this is the first time they're hearing that there might be a practical <laughs> part of the exam that they've been studying for for weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very silly. Um, and Edward says, I'm sure that Lieutenant Colonel Mustang is working <laughs> on something for us. Yeah, Roy Mustang hasn't helped another person in his life. Right. And he's not fixing to start that today. They don't he is, he, know him. The only time he has ever helped somebody else is if it helps him too. And honestly, Edward and Alphonse could fail this exam and he'd kind of be fine. Yeah. Because he kind of recommended them, but Hal Crow's the one who really pushed that through. And also, he'll just turn around and find some other gifted alchemist to recommend. Like, no sweat off his back. He has no attachment to these two. He's not going to help them do shit. It's very difficult to understand that Edward has like a kind of idol worship relationship with Mustang. He's super respectful with him on the phone. He's the way he talks about him here. It's like he like expects Roy Mustang to come in and save all of to to solve all of his problems. And like Roy Mustang's not going to solve shit for you, buddy. Yeah, grow up. Um, On the day of the test, the boys go to Central, the kind of headquarters of the military, which is this very square. brutalist building that has a big dragon of a mistress on a green flag with yellow borders yeah Uh, so that's the country's flag 
the test takes place, or the written part of the test takes place in like an, like a lecture hall, um, and kind of at the desks where you would expect the students to be. You see mm-hmm. about twenty people, including the boys. Uh, so these would be the ap- applicants, and then you have a judges table, which has three people at it. It has uh, Fuhrer King Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, the his iron- name is King. Yes, his first name is King. So he is Fuhrer Bradley. Yes. Um, next to him is the Iron Blood Alchemist Bosk Grand. He is not named in this episode, but we, we know who he is. Yes, and we'll learn who he is next episode. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot. Um, yeah. And we also have General Halcrow from last episode, who, to my knowledge, is not an alchemist. At does all. Does not do alchemy at all. Don't know why they would put him on this board. Um, because he's the only other member of the military that we know, recognize, and is relevant thus far. Oh, so you're saying every named character is in one room? I'm saying every um, named character is in one room. That's not really fair anymore, but kind of... Uh, because Nina Tucker's outside wringing her hands waiting for the boys to finish the test. Um, and they, uh, do, they do ultimately walk out of the exam, but it's, it's, it's done a number on them. Yeah, yeah, they're not doing okay anymore. Yeah, Edward did not finish the exam. Nope. Uh, but Alphonse did finish it, uh, but I think he's less confident with his answers. Um, yeah. Cut to Mustang's office. Uh-huh. Reza Hawkeye, his adjutant, hands him the results of the exam, um, and both the boys have passed the written portion. Yes. Which, I guess, complicates things for them? I I suppose. I, uh, I, oh. Probably because they know about Alphonse, and yeah, are yeah, like, yeah. we get we get our next scene um, in Mustang's outdoor office. He kind of yeah. summons the boys over to a dark alleyway yeah, it definitely where he's seems, going to murder them. It definitely seems like they're like relaxing on the grounds of Central Headquarters. And Mustang peeks his head out from behind a building and is like, Psst. Hey! Hey! Get out of here! <laughs> it, it's weird. It's uh, super silly. Um, but then Roy Mustang tells Alphonse to drop out because yeah. he's not going to be able to hide the fact that he's just an empty suit of armor. And then they'll start yeah. asking questions and they'll find out that they tried a human transmutation and Which then they'll be screwed. Extremely illegal. So he tells him to drop out um, and... Edward's like, it's fine, it's fine, because um, a state alchemist may have to use alchemy to hurt others for the good of the people, and um, it will be enough for Ed to become a state alchemist by himself. Yeah, Alphonse is very upset. Yeah, Alphonse is very hurt. I I don't know why we did this whole thing with Alphonse trying to become a state alchemist, because also, we were told about the physical way back like yeah. 10 minutes ago when Show well, Tucker told us about it at dinner. That's what I was going to say. Is I, I was going to say, I don't know why Show Tucker brought up the physical at dinner if Mustang's going to tell them the same information later. Right. But also, it didn't why did Alphonse con- do any of this right. if it he's not going to become a state alchemist? It didn't have any consequences when Show Tucker told us. Yeah. Why does it suddenly have consequences I guess, now? I, I'm thinking of their conversation back in episode at the end of episode three, and maybe they feel like we wouldn't have... Because remember... When Alphonse is like, I'm going to come with you and I'm going to be a state alchemist too. And Edward's kind of like, oh, okay. I guess they feel like, yeah, Alphonse yeah. just didn't have anything to do. Or No, I, th- I, I feel like they don't think that we would just believe that Alphonse would come on this journey for his own self. Or to be with his brother, who is his best friend. Yeah, and the only family like, he has remaining. See, again, they missed that key concept of brotherhood. <laughs> um, just very odd to have done this whole diversion. In the first place. So Edward goes on to the next round, the interview, uh, by himself. <laughs> and <laughs> this is where things just go weird. Yeah. The interview takes place in Batman's garage. Yes. Uh, meaning that all the lights are off and Edward kind of walks in quietly and then this big bright white spotlight turns on, revealing that the judges table... Uh, oh, also Mustang Mustang attends the judges. There's Mustang and another man who are like yeah. mini judges. But they're not allowed to sit. Yes, they don't sit. They they have to stand um, the whole well, time. Well, we're about to find out that sitting might not be as easy as it sounds. <laughs> uh, uh, so the judges have been sitting there in the dark, um, but the lights are really highlighting this big transmutation circle drawn on the floor that has a very awkward, skinny, three-legged stool. Yes, and Everett looks at it and he's like, oh my god, that's such a weird-looking chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Fuhrer Bradley tells him to take a seat... If you are a true alchemist, the chair 
will not refuse you. So we're on Harry Potter rules now. This this chair is going to sort them into their four alchemist houses. Flame, <laughs> full metal, blood, and life. And, like, oh no, sorry. Flame, full metal, strong, and life. Yeah, come on. <laughs> or it's going to like open up underneath him like a Nickelodeon game show and just, <laughs> just drop him. And they'll be like, well, guess he wasn't a real alchemist. Um, but... None of that happens. He sits perfectly fine and normally. In the chair. And everyone's like, oh. I know. This dude cannot do anything wrong today. Yeah. He's firing on all cylinders tonight. Um, and they, they ask him, why do you want to become an alchemist? And he says, I made a promise to the only other member of my family that I would become a state alchemist. And they show the judges. And all of them are like, oh, wow. (laughs) Dude, I wish interviews were this easy. I would be the CEO of Google. I would be Jeff Bezos right now if, if... Interviews are this easy. If I just like, from now on, every time I walk into a job interview, I'm going to just tell the guy, I should have your job because I want it. And that's it. I become the boss. So why does Show Tucker think this interview is so hard? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) What did he say? Back at the Tucker house in the boys' bedroom, uh, they're talking about the events of the day uh, and about uh, becoming a state alchemist because that's their mission is to become a state alchemist, get the research to get their bodies back. Yeah. Um, And Alphonse says, I want to touch you once again, brother. Very awkward translation. But it's also, to me, it's also part of this like weird fleshfulness tour that he's on yeah where he's like he's like missing having a body and like getting real introspective about it which is cool and which is set up appropriately by that scene but you're handling it in the weirdest possible way by being like (laughs) was i fleshy as a baby it's 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 Uh, almost to the point that we're wondering like it it feels like alphonse didn't lose his body it feels like he never had one to begin with right and it's super bizarre and well you can play that as like a character thing for him to like figure that out yeah or to to grapple with that yeah but you're doing it in a weird way guys it's yeah calm down (laughs) and he sits up in bed to say it which i thought was really really funny uh sits up in the bed i don't know why they got a bed for him in the first place um (laughs) Do you think do you think Show Tucker ever comes in their room at night and he's just like that kid's still in his armor? <laughs> I wonder if Alphonse like sleeps sitting does Alphonse have to lay down to sleep or can he sleep sitting up? Because he can't get cricks in his neck from sitting up. He can't get uncomfortable well, we because he's a suit of armor. I can't wait for the episode where Alphonse like gets off a train and stretches. <laughs> Yikes. Um Zoing. So oh we come to the day of the practical. Um, Alphonse and Nina bring Ed to central headquarters and Nina gives Ed a drawing of all of them playing and it's got a transmutation circle on it. It's, it's the transmutation sweet. circle it's... that he used to it... make her the flower crown. It's very cute. Yeah, it's, it, well, very it's, sweet. An, it's an incredibly like sensitive gift for a child to give. Yes. In, in a way that they wouldn't really... It, it's it's very, very well done. It's actually another nicely handled beat. Yeah, I, I do like it. And then we go to uh, the training ground from Zootopia. <laughs> Um, where they have all of the different biomes in in um, Animal City present. Yeah, this is just like a few acres out back of Central Headquarters. Yeah, and it's it's not even like the whole of the Central Headquarters training yard. It's like a small square in yeah. the training yard. Um, and it's got just every biome. Yeah. River, <laughs> mountain tree glacier all of them um, yes you're, you're right actually <laughs> yes um, and then the judges basically go okay transmute us some good out of this shit yep um and the first guy steps up pretty much immediately and he makes a big like uh obelisk like a big stone obelisk uh-huh. which which tuckers him out which is important because when energy go, in energy out yes and when things go wrong later he won't be able to escape so this is the first time we're really seeing strict equivalent exchange you have to start with materials you have to start with energy it takes energy to 
do a transmutation and what materials you put in come out of it. I wouldn't call it strict though because the next guy like throws two Christmas trees in a (laughs) bucket of water in a circle and makes a hot air balloon. A paper mache balloon Um, filled with hydrogen. Presumably that's how Roy will make his hot air balloon. (laughs) Uh, So they're already But the hot air balloon pops and everyone freaks out. Yeah, it pops on the top um, of this obelisk. And... Well, it pops b- before and then it's kind of oh, flying that's right. around and that's then it right. crashes into the obelisk. That's right. Um, so it breaks the obelisk and some stones start, start falling towards the first guy who, again, is still tuckered out from making the obelisk to begin with. Everyone's like, this is bad. Yeah, um, and Edward is like, oh my god, I have to do something. As is Roy Mustang. Yes, um, I don't know what Roy Mustang is planning to do know. other than either. set That's the balloon important. on fire <laughs> so <laughs> that instead of getting crushed by a normal balloon and an obelisk, in an obelisk. Um, but in his rush to help this guy, Edward does alchemy without a transmutation circle again. Um, yes. He uses it to kind of prevent the stones from falling by yes. redirecting their energy into making... A- Giant floating winged wreath um that is just floating above central headquarters and raining petals down upon everybody on roy mustang on on fear bradley on nina on alphonse on edward on all the state alchemist candidates and and nina and alphonse are still out front yeah they can see it over the building yeah it's huge Um, and uh, and king bradley is especially impressed yes and And roy mustang is standing there he's like ah he did it without a circle, huh? <laughs> like, he's just kind of like, mm-hmm, I see. It's it's not like yeah. the amazement that I would expect from so, this moment. So as these petals are flying everywhere, we see just in text on the screen, Edward Elric, State Alchemist Certification Examination, passed. Um, so he's got a, he's got a st- State Alchemist Certification. Yeah. Uh, and in our kind of final denouement of the episode. Yeah. Edward is walking home with Alphonse and Nina Tucker and Alexander, uh, and he reaffirms his resolve to get Alphonse's body back, and he says that he's going to keep pushing it forward no matter what. It's very, uh, very optimistic. Yes. And then we get our end credits, um, and our, we have, um, our takeaways. So, Langdon, what did you, what did you take away from this? Overall, this episode is a, a mess. Yeah, so it's such a mess that within the first 10 minutes, we decided we needed to pause, stand up, go bake cookies, eat cookies. (laughs) As soon as I knew that we weren't doing show Tucker this episode, I was like, then why is he here? Yeah. And I was, I was done. Yeah, it was, it was time for cookie break. They, they don't give a fuck how it looks. No. Oh my gosh. For all the things they did right in this episode. This is, they don't care about the animation at all. There is, there is a moment that is particularly egregious in, in, yeah, when, when Roy Mustang is telling them about show Tucker for the first time, he hands Edward a clipboard and Edward starts flipping through it and you see his hand and it is so fucking tiny. His hand is so little. It's like, he's a normal sized boy and his hand looks like it was plucked off of one of the borrowers. Um, and he's... (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know that reference. You don't know the borrowers? No. It is so... They're little mini people like this tall. Like Tom From Thumb. what? From the borrowers. What is the borrowers? The borrowers is a book series about these little tiny people who borrow things like from households. So they like drink tea out Children? of... Children? No. No, they're like little Tom Thumb and Thumbelina people okay. that live in like the walls of houses and they like steal thimbles and drink tea out of thimbles or they like sleep in matchboxes. From what? What is this from? From, it's, I, oh, the borrowers. Come on, man. Um, Ghibli even did a movie about them. When? Which movie? Arietti? Are they the little, are they the little spider boys in Spirited Away? No. Okay, well, I don't care anymore. No. The Borrowers, um, children's author, uh, Mary Norton's storybook creation, the four-inch-tall family of borrowers who live amongst humans and co-op their possessions when a crooked lawyer... Oh, no, that's the that's the movie. Um, yeah, this is Stuart Little, dude. Yeah, no, it's... It's, it's an English... 
It's an English book. It's a classic. I got no clue what you're talking oh about. Oh my gosh. So you're so uncultured. Oh. All right. He's so, got a little hand. He's got little tiny hands, and they're so funny. They're so fucking funny. It's at like it's at about like twenty eight seconds. If you guys want to go look for it, it's so it's, funny. Um, but we don't need done. to comment on the animation anymore, basically. Yeah, they, but, because nobody obviously yeah. no one cares. So yeah. we're we're done. And we're if done. They don't care. We don't care. Um, yep. The episode itself, again, there's too many things happening. They're, they they yeah. do the birth, which which I think you have more to say about than I do. Sure. Given that it's it should be like a whole thing. Yeah. Um, they have the state alchemy exam, all of it in this single and episode. We introduce the and, show Tucker arc, and we spend a lot of time with show Tucker. It's one of the things that I have consistently had a problem with with this series, with this show, is that they are trying to do too many things at once, yeah. and as a result, they end up doing too little. So yeah. instead of spending time on beats and just letting them breathe and have space and letting them stand on their own, mm-hmm. they are like, "We got to get as many things in as possible," and they end up cutting things that would really make these beats feel super fleshed out and give us really yeah. nice character and plot moments. But I think they're trying to cram so much into every episode. Like, why would you play show Tucker alongside something else? I don't know. And I also don't know what the hell we're going to be doing next episode for the top half of it. Yeah, because a lot of the setup work for that arc, if it happens as we presume it will, mm-hmm. is done here. And it's done as a done in one because it doesn't have any bearing necessarily on a lot of the other things that go on. I guess it does a little bit. It has a lot of bearing um, on the boys' development in the, right. on, in the manga. But it's better but, as a standalone for that. Yes. And and a lot of this is that it, it, it feels like they're really trying to make this show Tucker arc about show Tucker and Nina. When in the manga, the real purpose of it is anybody is capable yeah. of extreme depravity and evil. And... They're, they're really missing that out and trying to make us really empathize and sympathize with particular characters so that when this depravity happens, it's not a universal thing anymore. It's this person was bad. This person was crazy. This person was brutalized and you're, not a general commentary. So you're, so you're saying that they're going to make it about Show Tucker and Nina Tucker. Rather than about human beings being terrible to each other. Which has a so more you, general, they, which is more fitting thematically with the whole work. So they, they've, they've missed, I guess, really the thematic point of Full Metal Alchemist, which is that anybody is capable of extreme evil. And they're really isolating it and trying to build up specific villains instead yes. of giving you this generalized depths of depravity that any soul person can fall to. And, and so by really tying us into specific people... They're they're right. missing you're that make, general making, observation. It's a, it's a pacing thing. By spending more time with the Tuckers, you're building them up as more important in the overall theme than of, of your narrative, even. Yeah. Whereas spending a single chapter and being like, "This is Show Tucker. Show Tucker did a really horrible thing." Right. He's, he's, and showing a lot of other people doing equally horrible things in yeah. different ways. Well, he has as much screen time as, uh, let's say, Yoki. Yeah. Who we uh, haven't met yet in this, but and, we or, will. Or as Bald, a sing, a, sing, a one shot, a done. one and done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just real bad people doing real bad things. And I don't know. To me, it feels like they've really missed the idea of this being kind of this objective, universal truth that all people can fall and all people can do depravity and instead are making it about villains do bad things. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to know how you'll feel about it when we talk about the next episode. I'm excited. I'm excited for it. In terms of this episode and my issues with it... uh, getting away from show Tucker and getting into the state alchemy exam. I don't think it's very hard. I don't either. I, because like a guy did an obelisk and a guy made a balloon. I've seen Edward do stuff way crazier than that. Yeah. Most episodes. Yeah. So now I don't think that state alchemists are that great. They're not yeah. as great as it. Well, obviously they're not because the flame alchemist is just a run in the mill yeah. alchemist. Anyone can do flame alchemy. Well, the, the, the guy that we saw do flame alchemy, Maj Hall, when he does it, Lust calls him a second-rate alchemist. Yeah, exactly. So apparently so, anyone who does flame alchemy is a second-rate alchemist. At worst. just fuck them, I guess. I don't know. It's, um, I don't believe in the chair. No, I, I don't, don't believe, believe in the chair. I don't believe you can fall out of the chair or that because the chair cannot accept you. Because the thing is, they've, they've introduced this idea of like, if you the, sit, the chair will accept you if you're a true alchemist. But if you're going to set that up for me, you've got to show me somebody 
not sitting in the chair. You've got to show the chair rejecting somebody for me right. to actually believe in it. It is it is a gun yeah. that yeah, they yeah, are yeah. setting up and it is not going off. And that's yeah. super frustrating. Right. Why would they include a line about it in the first place uh, if it doesn't? Knows? Presumably doesn't even reject people. Um, The interview... I wish I could go to a job interview and they could be like, why do you want this job? And I could be like, I don't know, give me. I and want like, it. All right, dude. Because I told my mom I wanted it. Yeah, yeah. That is actually how I go into most interviews. But then there's more questions. Uh, uh, and then, and and you pointed out that he, pro- that arguably he passed the exam because he did transmutation without a circle. Yes, but, because it's something new that they haven't seen before. And that's kind of like what they ask, that what in the manga they ask for is show us something we've exactly. never seen before. If your research is unique and you can prove that it will contribute to the military, you're in. Right. But the other two people that we see do this practical test, who we should assume are as likely to get this certification as Edward, they, they do stuff that's not really that impressive. No. And the wreath that Edward makes... Compared to some of the other stuff we've seen him do, not that impressive. Yeah. The, the most impressive thing that I think we've seen him do so far is he makes the cannon in the train episode and fires it. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And I think that's, that's alchemically to me, that makes, that seems like it would be a lot more complicated than making an obelisk or a hot air balloon. It, yes. Um, Grant, oh no, it's not a few years later because that's still in flashback. Yeah, it is in flashback. Remember what we said last episode? If you can't remember, whether yeah, I can't remember whether or not you're in flashback. You did a bad job. We yep. have been in flashback twice as long as we were with them in the present. So excuse us for getting extremely confused. Um, and the other thing is that I don't, I don't like that he can do alchemy without explicitly applying some intention to it. Yeah. When he when he touches the bowl and it turns hot again, and Alphonse is like, "What did you do?" And he's like, "I don't know. You should know." Yeah. Um, and I think it's way less interesting if he just like. It's, I'm thinking of when Ray pulls down the 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 spaceship and everybody thinks Chewie died because she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, but can Go he him. lose control of it? Can he accidentally like shoot alchemy off? And... It would be super interesting if they followed that, but I don't know that they will. I feel what? like this was convenient. A convenient way to introduce that he can do alchemy without a transmutation circle and isn't that cool. Would it be more interesting than him just being really really good at alchemy i don't think so but i'm not writing no one no one called me when they were writing this well next time <laughs> their mistake um, and then my other thing you were saying something about the transportation about uh how he learns to do it in the manga yeah because in the manga when he learns to do it he does because when he performs the human transmutation, he actually goes through something called the gate of truth. And beyond truth is basically all knowledge in the universe. Yeah. And he gets a fraction of that poured into his brain quite forcibly to the point that he screams it hurts. But this he, is a transcendental experience. Yes, yeah. it is. It is a transcendental, entirely spiritual experience. And then he comes back from it just knowing how to do it because he saw what was beyond that gate and yeah. saw all the truth in the a, a small fraction of the truth in the universe. I, yeah, I always have interpreted it as he has just now an implicit understanding of, yeah, how, of, how, of how, s- how these physical laws work. Yes. And so he comes out and the second that he gets his automatic arm, he's like, all right, let's go. And he claps and he does it and Alphonse is like, whoa, you did transmutation without a circle. And Ed is like, what, you can't? So it's it's just it's a very different thing. Yeah. It definitely shows alchemy is something that can be teachable, learnable, something that can be understandable mm-hmm. and comprehensible. Because to Edward, he understands this law and how this works. Alphonse doesn't, and Edward chooses not to explain it to him because the experience of getting all this knowledge was actually traumatic, and he chooses not to remind Alphonse of it. Um, And I assume that there's a certain amount of knowledge that goes into it. Like, I don't think that Roy Mustang could teach me to to do flame alchemy just by putting the gloves on. I feel like I would have to start with bigger transmutation circles and more complicated things to get the theory of it down. Yeah. And then once that's understood, I think you can do alchemy more easily. Yeah. But to me, it always requires that definite mental intention and understanding of what you're actually doing scientifically. Yes. And here it's just like, he touches a bowl and water's hot. It's, it's, It's the difference between being able to apply the Pythagorean theorem and understanding a proof of the Pythagorean yeah, theorem. Yeah. The other thing with this is that uh, it's actually a pacing issue with the transmutation without transmutation circles because they introduce it when they're doing the baby. 
They <laughs> Jesus. I'll talk about what it next. What an episode. Um, they bring it up one more time uh, during one of the study montages. Mm-hmm. But consider this. What if they didn't do it during the baby montage, didn't bring it up at all, and then he's at his state alchemy exam, something starts going wrong, he kind of panics and just, without really thinking about it, claps and does it without a circle, and then everybody sees it at the same time. While he's kind of stunned, like, what the hell just happened? King Bradley's like, I like him. Get him. And they start giving him all these accolades and start pouring yeah. praise on him. And he's, and he's still trying to sure figure out what yeah. the hell just happened. That's a much more interesting beat. And still so follows he, this surprise angle that they're yeah. going for. Yeah. And he doesn't have to know that he can do it in advance. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, well, it's it's the same concept as the, as the physical. Like, when Roy introduces the physical and says Alphonse will have to drop out because of it. Why isn't that, if they haven't heard of it, why not make that the first time they hear about it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the baby delivery. Um, this is a so, it's so weird to me that this was taken from the manga and put into this portion of the anime. Um, yeah. Because in the manga, it is done in a completely different city. It's done in a city called Rush Valley. Um, and it's done in the present when Edward and Alphonse are 14 and 15 years old. And they are not even the central characters in this chapter. Arguably, this chapter is not a beat about them. They're yeah. they're side characters to the main plot. They're supporting what's actually going on when they have this kind of confrontation with the creation of life. But it's also much later in the narrative, too. Yeah. So, and I, th- I think part of your point of like cramming too much stuff into every episode is causing them to spend some of these beats way earlier than I would than I would, would like to. to have them. Yeah. And cuz we're not at a point now where you can tell a story that's not about Edward and Alphonse. Right. But as I was saying, it's that that chapter in the manga isn't even about Edward and Alphonse. Right. It's about their friend Winry, which it's about her coming into her own. It's about her discovering kind of who she is and what she is capable of. And of course in this anime, who? Uh because we've seen her for a collective two minutes of screen time, I suppose. Um, but it's it's so interesting that they chose to lift that and make this beat about the boys. And I feel like there's a lot of depth that's really been lost from that yeah. original scene by I, transposing it onto the Hugheses and transposing it onto Edward and Alphonse as these central characters in there, it. There doesn't really seem to be any takeaway from it the the only takeaway we get is the is edward's uh, the way not the words themselves but the way it's presented is very mechanical of kid sees baby get born kid goes home and goes wow that was kind of amazing yeah um, whereas... alphonse is a little more fucked up by it because he's kind of now worried about his own <laughs> fleshfulness right uh, but after but when this also happens in the in the manga this is after alphonse has grappled with that yeah this is when they can really sit down and appreciate like this moment but that beat is a side revelation mm-hmm. to Winry's own growth. Yeah. So well, this so is, it does totally not Winry carry it. Thing. Oh yeah. That, that, wow, mothers can make life and alchemists can do that. That's a, that's a side revelation. It's, it's almost, yeah. it just supports what Winry is capable of, which yeah. is she's a healer. Yeah. It's definitely a Winry arc and she's not even here. Yeah. It's so weird to me then that this is, this is the moment that they saw in the manga and were like, yeah. Yeah, that's a good arc to have you know who about Edward and Alpha. You know who should do that? The four-year-old dead girl. Yeah, exactly. You know who should... Well, you know what? As we've been saying, she's um, she was just born four years ago, so she's quite close to that's birth and, and probably can tell us a lot about it. <laughs> Kids not even form a memories yet, okay? <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna ask her about it years later. She's gonna be like, I don't remember anything. I don't remember that at all. Like, dude, you delivered a baby. Before. <laughs> all right, guys, let's talk about Roy Mustang. Um, <laughs> Are we gonna end every episode with Roy yes, Mustang notes? Yes, every episode he's in, we're gonna talk about him and everything that's wrong. All right, so Roy Mustang, he's so boring in this in this anime. He is so fucking boring. Why is he here? Because I am left. 
with even less of an impression of him than I had last episode. And last episode, my impression was he is incompetent and he can do flame alchemy, which every Tom, Dick, and Harry in this universe can apparently do flame alchemy, so why should I give a fuck? So, like, in this episode, he does three things. He escorts the boys to a place. He stands in a room Mm -hmm. And he reiterates something that the audience already knew. So he escorts the boys to the the Tucker house. He stands in a room during the exam and he reiterates the thing about the physical that we already knew. And also at one point though, he does stand outside and comment on how Edward did a transmutation without a circle. But I'm going to also file that under standing in a room and also under reiterating something (laughs) the audience already knew because we just saw it happen. So, um, yeah, not thrilled with him this episode. The thing is, Roy Mustang is supposed to be larger than life. And these writers obviously love him and are super excited about him. They introduced him to us really, really early. And I I was going back through some of the manga pages and like... He's goofy. loves him. He's, he's so oh, he's, goofy. Yes, a lot of his beats are played for laughs, and like you're, you're supposed because he's an to kinda, idiot. Yeah, you're supposed to kind of laugh at him. He is. But he's he is high drawn. end, low whiz. He's he's like <laughs> <laughs> he knows a lot of things, and the next second is going to ask you what a spoon is. Like he's so <laughs> dumb and um, so smart at the same time. But she, but she loves him. The, the yeah the mangaka the author loves him. They and she, always, she poses him. Very, very intentionally. He's always doing something that makes him look cool. Either cool or like an utter buffoon. So yeah. like it's it's there's nothing in between where he just looks casual. He is either really awesome looking or looks like a total dweeb. Was he your favorite character when you read Full Metal the first time? Yeah. Or, or has he grown into your favorite character in the way that Squidward becomes like the Spongebob <laughs> character you identify with? He was probably my favorite character... On first read. Um, I believe on second read. I've always... He and Hawkeye have always been my favorite yeah, yeah. characters. Always. Um, but like the below them, it's always sort of changed out and, and differed as I've as I've grown older. I think Edward used to be my third favorite character. Now I would easily say Alphonse. Yeah, Edward's not even top ten. <laughs> <laughs> You're crazy. Edward's definitely top five, but he might be five. Um. <laughs> it's... It, but, but it's... My point with that question is that, like, to hear you talk about Roy Mustang and to see how strongly that character resonates with you and how much you enjoy his adventures. Yeah. And, and to, and to I'm go back, writing a fan fiction <laughs> about him. And to go back and, like, flip through it and see the scenes that he's in, he steals the show a lot. Oh, yeah, he does. Like, and, and we talked about his, how his introduction is handled in the manga last chapter. And, like, it's not hard to see why. Because he gets on stage and immediately crushes it. Um, but, you know, the, the uh, these writers obviously are really excited about him too and really love him because yes. they're so excited to introduce him. They introduce him in the first episode and keep him going. But so far, every interaction we've had with him has just been flat. He has done nothing for me. He has made me go, okay. And he's been incompetent and he has been boring. So like... Everything he has, there's nothing that attracts me to this man at all. So as a first time viewer, and not as somebody who takes personal offense to the wanton destruction of this character, as a first time viewer... um, It's going to be hard for people to see you the other way, though. (laughs) As as a person who takes personal offense to the wanton destruction of this character... No, I'm saying people are going to get stuck on that. (laughs) Um, As a first time viewer... Uh, which I am. This is the first time I've ever seen Roy Mustang. I don't understand why I should be excited about him. I don't understand why the writers are excited about him yeah. because he's nothing. Like, guys, I don't I don't think you get it. If you ever leave a scene with Roy Mustang and your reaction is, huh, then that wasn't Roy Mustang. That was an imposter, okay? Which leads me to conclude that this Roy Mustang is not the real Roy Mustang. This is obviously okay. Envy, right. who is pretending to Shut be Roy Mustang, down. who orchestrated a hijacking and <laughs> and also a rescue in order to get Edward into the state alchemist exam for reasons hitherto unknown, but will become clear later. So that is my theory. That is what we are sticking with. Uh, so I have two theories about your theory. 
The first is that it is actually just a total pet theory that you're going to nurture and then write another fan fiction about. <laughs> but my second theory, and this, I, this to me is much worse as an option, is that this is all stuff that you remember from when you watched it as, <laughs> as a kid. And you're like quietly like breadcrumbing this for me. And then like 10 or 15 episodes down the line, the other shoe's going to drop. And I'm going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> No, all right. You're going to Barty Crouch. Every episode, every episode, I am going to nurture this conspiracy theory surrounding Roy Mustang. That is my goal. By the end, we're going to have a full on web of just conspiratorial connections about Roy Mustang. So that, no, what is truth, everyone? All right. So what are you excited for, Langdon, going forward? Uh, I'm, I'm excited for Scar. Yeah. Because I have to assume that he's going to show up next episode. Uh, if they're still doing Show Tucker. Sure. Or maybe Show Tucker will be across five episodes. Who cares? <laughs> um, but he is in the theme song, so we know that he's going to show up. Um, and, and I'm pretty excited to see how they handle it. Because yeah. they, they've, t- they've done so many other things so differently. And we are starting to get to a point where we're really like... We're starting to get to a point where manga comparisons really don't benefit us anymore. Yeah. And I'd like to get there as fast as possible. Thank you. Um, and I am really, really pumped for the Show Tucker art. Okay. Uh, I like... Again, I'm excited to see how they handle it. Um, I rewatched how they do it in Brotherhood to prepare, and it is, it is Gutting. gut-wrenching. It yeah. Is, it is hard as hell. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, it's another case where I don't see how you can fuck it up, but they're already making me nervous. Oh, boy. Um, what are you excited for? Largely the same things. Um, I think I, I am mostly excited to get away from the manga and start going on a different plot line. Um, yes, and stop yes. taking beats from the manga and, and putting them into different contexts. I'm, I'm excited for wholly original content. Yeah. Well, we um, had a whole episode of original we content. We did, and I wasn't thrilled with it. But I'm excited to see what they can do given a full season plot. These may not be yeah. these may not be one shot plotters. These may be full season plotters. There there are people who excel in different areas. Stephen Moffat, for example, sucks at doing a whole season of TV, but can write a pretty decent one-off episode. Maybe these people don't know how to do a one-off episode, but are quite good at plotting an entire season of television. I wonder if some of this this bungling is due to their own eagerness to get away from the manga plot lines it might be and they're just trying to pump them out maybe um but next episode will not be when we learn well who knows what we'll learn next episode who can say um and we'll see you guys here for it uh well, the whole gang's coming back nina alexander show tucker edward alphonse roy havoc hughes hawkeye winry pinnaco Trisha, Boss Grand, King Bradley, General Ha. 